this feels more achievable in that you're not completely resetting a lifestyle. Welcome to All the Rage, episode six of our series on losing control. I'm Ryan Martin, anger researcher at the University of Wisconsin-Green Bay, and I'm here as always with Chuck Ryback. Chuck is a poet and English professor, dean of the College of Arts, Humanities, and Social Sciences at UW-Green Bay, an all-around good guy. How's it going, Chuck? It's going great. How are you? I'm doing pretty well. Hold on, let me crack my knuckles. Nice. All right. I like how you did that into the microphone. Let's get to this. Yeah, it's like this means I'm ready. Let me get my thumbs down. All right, to business. So, um, so Chuck, this is our last. Uh, is this the episode. sixth episode? This is the sixth. Man. So I'm gonna count them down here because we did the the intro with YouTube videos and stuff. Mm-hmm. We did the Jason Cowell brain episode. Wow. We did the live episode from the Widener on mm-hmm. Mob Five. That was super fun. We did a driving episode that. We recorded twice, and one of those times you were there, but it didn't work. That's okay. <laughs> so That'll we be on the director's cut. <laughs> without you because you had a retreat. Yeah. And then we... Uh, Put it we, in the vault, man. Yes, exactly. Just like Someday Prince. it'll be released at your retirement. Yeah. After, <laughs> we'll pull out this once I, which will be in a long time. Once I die, it'll come out of the vault, oh, but let's do this. Nice. And then uh, the last one, which was on catharsis. So mm. we are... Catharsis really should have been the last episode, but whatever. (laughs) We should have just destroyed all of the recording equipment at the end of that episode. Is this about acceptance? Is that where we are now? Okay, great. So so we are going to talk today actually about kind of what people can do when they get angry, right? Which is a question I get a lot. In fact, I got it yesterday Mm -hmm. from uh, an English student who contacted me wanting to talk about... uh, (laughs) Somebody from uh, my class. Yeah. So wanting to talk about love and hate and anger and all sorts of things. The thin line between them. Yes. All right. So so that's what we're going to do. And we are going to start that out by once again, uh, I think briefly this time, hearing from Dr. Brad Bushman. He's a professor of communication and psychology at The Ohio State University. And he's been on the last two episodes. So, you know, people often ask, well, if venting anger doesn't work, what should I do instead? Well, all emotions, including anger, consists of two components. One is the bodily state, such as physiological arousal, heart rate, blood pressure. And the second component is mental meanings, such as how you, you interpret the event. And so if you want to get rid of anger, you can work on either one of those or or both of them. So to reduce the bodily state of arousal, two things you could do is uh, delay responding because arousal dissipates over time. So maybe your grandmother said if you're angry, you should count to 10 before you say or do anything. Thomas Jefferson said if you're really angry, you should count to 100 instead. And that's really good advice because as time wears on, the arousal and consequently the anger dissipates. Uh, Second, you can actively try to relax, such as taking deep breaths or listen to calming music or doing yoga or something like that. That will also reduce the bodily state. Uh, The second component, working on mental meanings, there you know, a few things that could work there. One is distraction. You, uh, angry people tend to ruminate about what made them angry. They can't get it off their minds. They rehearse it over and over again, and that just makes them more angry. So think about something else. Uh, distract yourself, such as by doing a 
crossword puzzle or reading a nonviolent book or something like that. Just get your mind off it. Take a walk. Um, uh, another thing you can do uh, is do something incompatible with anger and aggression uh, because you can't feel anger and these incompatible emotions at the same time, such as pet a puppy. That will induce empathy or help somebody in need. That will also uh, induce empathy or watch a nonviolent comedy that will induce uh, humor or kiss your lover that will induce love. So all these emotions are incompatible with anger. It's impossible to sustain anger if you're experiencing these other emotions instead. Uh, one thing about angry people is they're sort of in your face. Uh, uh, anger is an approach motivation. It's not necessarily a bad motivation. It motivates people to want to do something uh, to solve the problem, and you know, all pretty much all movements in society or history were motivated by anger. You know, mm -hmm. uh, the civil rights movement, the women's rights movement, all these are motivated by anger. Um, so, angry people sort of are in your face; they lean forward. So, we've done research showing, for example, you can just lean back. Instead of leaning forward, that's incompatible hmm. with anger. Another study uh, we uh, we sh we showed that you can adopt a more um, distant perspective, like a fly on the wall. See yourself from a more distant third-person perspective, as if you're observing yourself rather than a, a first-person uh, perspective. And some of our other research is focused on. You, you need to feed your brain. Your, your brain is only about 2% of our body weight, but it uses about 20 to 30% of the calories that we consume. It's the most demanding organ in our body. Uh, the part of our brain just behind our forehead is called the prefrontal cortex, and that part of our brain is in charge of executive functions, and one of those functions is controlling our emotions and the emotion that people have the most difficulty controlling is anger. So uh it's really important to you know if you if you have a, a situation like your stomach, it's really important to make sure you have uh enough fuel in the tank so to speak that your brain mm -hmm. can uh regulate the emotion. And I'm not talking about you know, drinking a, a soft drink or eating a candy bar, that'll produce a quick spike in your uh, your uh, blood sugar, but rather, you know, something that is like whole grains or veggies that um, can stay with you for a longer period of time. So those are some things that work. All right, Jack, so what do you think about Dr. Bushman's thoughts on that? I enjoyed this interview, and it reminded me of um, we were talking about Die Hard the other day, and some of the things that he was saying reminded me of the whole um, what is it with your toes in the carpet? carpet. Make yeah. fists with your toes, yes. right? I and survive flying and now anger. I and I, I don't know if it's because I expect so many things to be complicated. It's nice to hear 
understandable and relatable right. suggestions or strategies for this. Um, so right. I want to be clear. I'm not diminishing anything. I was happy about that. Yep. And they seem so much more in line with some of the things we talked about in connection to rage rooms. But again, I'm just a layman here. So what did you think? You know, I really liked it. And I agree. I think that sometimes solutions are simpler than we sometimes think they are. Mm -hmm. Um, I do think that one of the things I want to talk about today is how do you meet the challenge of the fact that when you are really angry, it's sometimes hard to remember the simple things to do. And that's what I was going to ask. Like, how do you do that? And how do you walk back from that? I think that's really important. And we've talked, I mean, we talked when we, when we talked with Jason Cowell in our brain episode, one, that was one of the questions I had. It's like, does your brain shut down? You know, Mm -hmm. like that part of it. And he said, no, but it is less active. So how do you, how do you build the habit? So Um, do you like wear a bandana to remind yourself? uh, Yes. (laughs) Well, I do think though it is, it's practice. It's like everything else. Like, you know, one of the things that I, I often think is like, I sp- I've spent 42 years developing the thinking patterns that I currently embrace, mm-hmm. right? And so it takes time. To Habits are this. hard to break, man. Yep. And it takes time to start thinking about things uh, a little bit differently. And, and so trying to remember some of that. So I want to get into that. But first, I want to talk through some of the reasons why people get angry in the first place and, and like why some of the thoughts we have that tend to exacerbate mm-hmm. things. Because so often the solutions are... To, to try and embrace the opposite type of thought, right? Mm-hmm. You know, and so um, we know that, for example, um, people who are angry, they catastrophize, right? So something happens and they blow it up in their yeah. mind. I would know nothing about that, but right. sure. <laughs> right. Whatever you say. Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know, this idea that people like just, you know, you get stopped at a stoplight and you say, now I'm going to be late for my meeting and that mm-hmm. means that I'm going to get fired and, you know, et cetera, et cetera, right? People tend to misattribute causation, so they tend to kind of point blame in the wrong direction, you know? Yep. And, and so, I mean, it's the same thing. I've said this before, but, you know, you you bash your shin on the coffee table as you're walking around, and instead of saying, I need to be more careful, you blame mm-hmm. the coffee table. Yeah. Right? It's like that damn thing's in my way. It always feels like the shortest distance between two places. Right. You know, it's a straight line. Right, right. Uh, we overgeneralize, right? We use words like always, never, this always happens to me. Mm-hmm. I never get what I want. I never win the lottery. Yep. Yeah, I, <laughs> which is true so far, but yes. it's okay. I think I won four dollars. Oh, you did! Yeah, Good for you. Which was, I think, the cost of the ticket. Maybe I, maybe mm-hmm. I won two dollars when you subtract the cost. You know, you're right. I did win yeah. on some scratch offs once. Yeah, I, I shouldn't stop complaining. Yes, exactly. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, demandingness. We tend to put our own needs ahead of the needs of other people, um, and so you know, if we assume that we are the only thing that someone else has to deal with and so we yeah we we expect them to pay maybe too much attention to us yeah there's something about anger that sort of moves you out in front of everything else in the world right and that other emotions don't right i learned so much yes and then we also we label um usually in sort of inflammatory ways right i think about this when we drive you know someone cuts you off and you may say something like well that person's a total idiot Mm -hmm. and you know it and it's easy to respond to that label from that point on, right? You don't have to think about the fact that that person is a person who may be brilliant, who may be... Uh, or just medium on the idiot scale. Right, yeah. Not a total Not idiot. superlative. Yes. You know, like... right, right in the middle. Solidly in the middle <laughs> yeah. on the idiot scale. You know, you're a six on the idiot scale. Nobody ever says that when they cut you off. I'm going to create a scale called the idiot scale, but it's <laughs> idiot's going to stand for something. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so I think that, like... 
one way of dealing with anger is by embracing some different like kind of mm -hmm. thought types, you know? And, um, and we actually have, there is a questionnaire out there. So I brought with me some questionnaires that people can actually find and take if they mm -hmm. are so interested. And there's one called the Cognitive Emotion Regulation Questionnaire or the CERC. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, is there a... Different from the idiot scale. So it's not a Kirk? It's not, you know, I don't know how people, I've always pronounced it CERC, but maybe it should be Kirk. But what's the first word again? Cognitive. Cognitive. Yeah, hard C. Yeah. Kirk, man. But we don't usually do that. With I don't know. You could, you could apply it to Star Trek somehow. Okay. Well, you I'm, could be the captain of your anger. Okay. Ooh, I like it. I know. I like it. Okay, it's the Kirk. <laughs> We're going Kirk. I'm going to beam my yeah. anger out and, of my body. And part of what this does is it measures both, and it's not specific to anger, but it measures both positive and negative thought types. Or And I put that kind of in quotes because there are – you know, things are never inherently bad mm -hmm. or inherently good, right? This There's seems like a lot of work. Do you have to calculate this in the moment when you're angry? Yes. Okay. <laughs> no. no, you don't. But you do have to give some thought to to what degree am I doing things like blaming myself mm -hmm. or blaming other people. To what degree you're going to love this? I'm ready. Acceptance oh, is one man. of the subscales. I know that's a word you love yeah. lately. I hate acceptance. Do you want to know what it means in the context of this questionnaire? I do. It's got items like accepting that this thing has happened, and be, being sort of unable to change anything, accepting a situation, learning to live with things. So Ryan is looking at a chart right now. Yes. And this comes from the article written about this uh, questionnaire. Should we walk around with this like on a wristband like football <laughs> players do, you know, yes. when they need to <laughs> yes. consult their plays? I think you can. Yeah. I'm I feeling angry would. right now, and then you can just consult your, your... sweatband. Yes. <laughs> I maybe we should market those. That'd be like, great. Like an all the rage we product. Can, I know we can finally. Yeah, you missed when we talked monetize this yeah. whole thing. You missed when we talked about the "I'm sorry" sign. Oh in man! The previous episode. It's a sign you can hold up to tell other drivers that you're sorry. That's the worst thing I've ever heard of. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Is it ADA compliant? I, <laughs> I I do not know. See. Yeah. You're read shaming other drivers because yeah. remember they're total idiots and they can't read. <laughs> right. So, yes. So uh, acceptance. Um, but some of these things are a little bit more positive, like things like, okay, positive refocus, like refocusing on things that are more positive that are going on in your life. Positive refocus. <clears throat> yes. Do you want to hear some items from that? I do. Okay. And I mean, now that you're rustling all this paper, yeah, you might as well start Our reading it. is shrieking <laughs> inside right now. Is the that... audience is just... What did wow. I just say? Positive refocus? Yes. No. Yeah. yeah. You did. Uh, thinking about nicer experiences. Thinking about irrelevant, pleasant things. Thinking about nice... Why do they have to be irrelevant? Oh, I don't know. I think I'm sorry. I'm being that. contrarian. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, I don't think they have to, but I think right. that's one example of something. Like you could... It kind of fits with what, what Dr. Bushman mentioned, right? Mm -hmm. The idea that like you do some things that are sort of just... You think about different things. Right. Like, hey, the Backstreet Boys have a new song. Do they? Yeah. Oh, is it good? Uh, it's okay. Okay. I haven't heard it. Yeah. I mean, it's it's pleasantly irrelevant. Yeah. <laughs> so it helps me yeah. refocus my anger. I mean, you can think about a vacation you're about to take or just took. You can think about Door County. You yeah. love Door County. They dance right? in unison, yeah. not Door County, the Backstreet Boys. Nice. But go ahead. Yeah. I think they've always done that. Yeah. There's something about guys dancing in unison that feels pleasantly irrelevant. I like to imagine them doing, like going about their whole day in unison. In unison. <laughs> like yep. just like they get their coffee and pour it in unison. Yeah. Right? Toast. Yeah. So, yeah. That's a great idea. Yeah. I think so too. Someone should make that video. Teamwork. Yeah. 
Um, so thinking about nice things instead of what has happened. Mm -hmm. Another example here. I'm going to softly rustle some papers. <laughs> so it sounds to me, though, like one of the things I was thinking of is this feels more like this feels more achievable in that you're not completely resetting a lifestyle right. in the way like when I think about, I don't know, like diets, right? Mm -hmm. That you're completely changing in a lot of cases. It's just an extreme switch to a whole new behavior right. where I mean, what's the difference here? Is this easier because it's more of a slight mm -hmm. divergence from I think in some ways it might be easier because of that. In other ways, I think it's harder because it is so habitual, right? I mean, if you ask me, like, I have to catch myself having the, the bad mm -hmm. thought before I can switch it to the good thought, right? I, mm -hmm. That doesn't just happen. I have to intentionally say to myself, okay, and, and this is, Aaron Beck used to call these, uh, well, still calls these automatic thoughts, right? These things that happen that we think that are so habitual that have to do with our learning history as a, as a human being. And we have to, we have to, I think in the beginning part, sort of intentionally say, okay, I'm, mm -hmm. I'm mad right now and I want to be less mad. That means I have to do this, this, and this. And that takes time. The idea, though, is that as you continue to do that, you start to, it starts to happen quicker and more mm -hmm. automatically. So I should tape my middle finger to my index finger. Yes. And then just get used to not. Not being yeah. able, or to giving people, people to... two fingers instead yes. of one. I mean, you might be able to start a thing. Right? <laughs> I know, like, hey. like that means something different. I think that is the symbol <laughs> in the Hunger Games, right? Isn't that the? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my... So no, it's like it's three. Yeah. Is it three? Yeah. Uh, well, that, no wonder know. nobody's responding. <laughs> yeah, people keep... <laughs> so is that guy giving me the, the <laughs> like? What is he? I was like call, calling for unity here. I think that means I'm sorry. Yeah, actually, <laughs> two fingers doesn't in mean. American Sign Language. Probably not. Okay. I, the only thing I know to say in American Sign Language is shark attack. Of course. <laughs> Which, yeah. It's just great. We, we were teaching our kids sign language early mm -hmm. on like so that they could communicate before they were verbal, and I thought this is a thing that I can contribute oh. to our... So. I just assumed your hands would be moving too slow underwater, yeah. that you wouldn't be able to form the yeah. sentence fast enough. Tina was like, more please, and things like that, and I thought shark, shark attack, attack, this feels necessary. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, anyway. it's this. Ooh, yeah, really? It's two phrases, shark and attack. Hmm. Yeah. No one uh, saw that. On. <laughs> I'm not sure podcasts are a great place to but teach people angry. sign language. But they're angry right now that yeah. they couldn't see it, and so they're learning yeah. to True. correct their behavior. True, yeah. Well done, audience members. So some other types of thoughts before we get into some some other things, right, The some physiological, some behavioral things. Things like positive reappraisal, so trying to think about what you can learn from a situation, thinking about positive sides of a situation, mm -hmm. things like that. Uh, putting into perspective. Do you do that? Does that ever work? You know, I do. Um, I try sometimes to, I mean, one thing that, it, it's hard to think of things as like sort of purely good or purely bad. Mm -hmm. So like, this might be like nonsense to some people but you know if it rains on a day where i was wanting to spend some time outside or something i will sometimes say well we need the rain or like you know it's just good for <laughs> farmers or things like that yeah like sort of, oh we things. need the rain yeah yep. stuff that will uh, as cheesy as it sounds like i'll find myself being like well it means i don't have to water the garden or, or whatever you so. should write a poem about it. i should write a poem about you, the rain i think yeah. you should write that's poem. what i do all the time yeah i don't think anyone wants to I have 3,000 poems on rain yeah. and <laughs> flipping people off nice you should put those together I know well yeah. I often do awesome so 
Yeah, so like one that I'm less comfortable with as a thought style is the putting, and it's kind of related to acceptance, is the, the sort of putting into perspective. You know, the mm-hmm. idea that we think about how much worse it could be or how much worse right. it is for other people. So that's what I'm trying to think about is what, like to do this effectively, it seems that you've really got to find the thing that works for you. Right. Otherwise, you'd just be, like I'd be worried about just cliche, like if mm-hmm. I had to identify, oh, well, you know, live and learn, right. which to me means nothing. Right. So. And that is the that is the danger is that some mm-hmm. of these things can become really cheesy. They can also become. Uh, Successorized. Yes. Right. And they can become a recipe for complacency sometimes, too. Yeah. You know, and that, you know, so for example, like I could. You know, if, I, if I'm talking to someone who tells me they're they're upset about their salary, right, because they only make X dollars, like, you could put that into perspective, quote, unquote, mm-hmm. by saying, well, it could be worse. You could make much less. You know, there are people who live in poverty. Right. But that may undermine the fact that they aren't paid what they deserve, mm-hmm. right? And, and so there's a way of, like, yeah, things could always be worse, right? And sure. And you can always find a way, but that doesn't mean that things are fair, <laughs> the way they are either and so i think i wonder if it's worth being completely wrong if it diffuses your anger in some way though and and that's no that's a fair question you know are there times when we should sort of where you Mm -hmm. should just lie to yourself in order to get through it and there probably are i mean Mm -hmm. this is this is a, a question i deal with all the time which is when people come to me and say what's the best way to deal with anger and the answer is there is no best way right Mm -hmm. there's there are, everything is contextual. There are times when the smart thing to do is to swallow your anger and just suppress it, right? Because you're talking to a boss or because it's, it, wouldn't, it would only make a situation worse sure. to express it. There are times when it, it's good to be assertive. You know, there mm-hmm. are times when it's good to voice that anger in a way that is productive. So it sounds like you're saying just as anger is not monolithic, the responses to it right. are equally diverse. Yes, mm-hmm. absolutely. And and that's what is so, I think, difficult is sometimes the answer to how do you deal with your anger is well, you, it requires being an insightful, thoughtful person and thinking mm-hmm. about the consequences of your actions to you, to other people, yeah. and weighing those things out and whether or not this strategy is the best way of dealing with it. And that's awfully hard to do mm-hmm. in a second, right? Or, I mean, I see this in, you know, I think about athletics. I was reading some story today and how anger is always turned, maybe, I mean, maybe it's cliche like, into motivation in mm-hmm. athletics. I mean, maybe that's why so much screaming and yelling goes on mm-hmm. from authority figures as a way that is offered as motivation, but I'm assuming that motivation comes from anger mm-hmm. and not being happy that you're being yelled at. Right. So. Well, I think I do think of anger as a motivator, and I, in in some ways, um, the idea, my thought of with anger is that you know, much like our thirst motivates us to get a drink of water or our hunger to get a bite to eat, I think anger motivates us to solve whatever problem we're facing that is that is leading to that anger, mm-hmm. right? It motivates us and energizes us to confront injustice um, in that way. The it prob- can. It, right, it can. Mm-hmm. The problem is that we so often use it in a way that I think is not pro-social. Like we so often use it in a way that is not productive in that it isn't necessarily productive for me to walk into a room and smash up a bunch of stuff like we talked True. about last week. Yep. But it might be productive for me to use that anger to, to, you know, 
write poetry. It feels like if anger is the end, if it's the end in itself, then it's the excuse. Right. So I think about contemporary politics or, you know, Mm -hmm. where anger is essentially a business model. So it's the end Mm -hmm. in itself. Right. And I think a good example of how anger is often misused is when you you sort of well there there are probably exceptions to what i'm about to say but anger is sometimes used to motivate other people in ways that aren't necessarily healthy right Mm -hmm. and so you know the the father who yells and screams as a way of controlling his family right the the boss who does that you know where it's like i'm gonna keep people from crossing me by being a jerk Mm -hmm. you know in that isn't going to be healthy or productive, even though it probably works for them in the moment. Yeah. Right? Or think about the complete fiction and offensive nature of quote unquote incels, right? Say more because I'm not. Familiar. Involuntary celibates. You know this term? No, I do not. So. I'm learning. Oh, okay. So <laughs> sure. this is a ca- an invented category of people um, who are always white and male um, who then go out and use it to perpetuate violence against women. And so when um, there have been shootings, um, and I'm not sure if that recent yoga studio Mm -hmm. thing was the the same thing, but if you were to just search for this, you'd find it right away. But some people who, like shooters, are recent examples where the rage against women and the hatred for women is they're identifying with this being quote-unquote involuntarily celibate. Meaning the world serves me, and how dare you not? And that generates anger that then causes them to lash out. Literally, like, I haven't gotten to have as much sex as I want? Is that what we're talking about? When I want, with who I want, and because you're not seeing me as desirable, that is your fault. Huh. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. There's a huge debate about that. You don't know about this? No. We got to do do a whole episode on this, man. It it is an invented category of anger, and that feels like a good topic for a show. Yeah. Fake anger. When you say it is, there's a huge debate. Who's having this debate? Um, It's it kind of falls from like a lot of things contemporary across our political spectrum, and so um, there is a debate around whether or not the term should even be used. And so when some of the the incidents in question would happen, something like in the Washington Post or whatever, they would say, you know, so-and-so identifies as an incel, right? And then people would respond and say, this is a completely fake term. Why would you even legitimize this? And so being somebody connected to who studies language, I'm interested in this debate. Yeah, But it does center around anger and creating, essentially inventing a category to be angry about. I know we're going way off the rails yeah, here. But, but I'm glad we did because okay. that was interesting and totally off. And I'm not making this up. Compl- no, you'll I believe see. you. Trust yeah, me I'm, on this. I'm going to go back to my office and Google Yeah, this. and like all really horrible things, this bubbles up through Reddit. And right. If I can just say that. Right. Sorry, Reddit <laughs> listeners out there. I'm not on Reddit, so be mad as much as you want because yeah. I don't care. Yeah, I all think right. you're trending on Reddit now. I, that to- that I totally am. I'm in some subreddit right now. Yeah. The, all the rage subreddit. Nice. <sighs> All right. So let's let's talk about two other kind of categories. Of, because when I think about anger, I think about three. Uh, or when I think about the anger experience, right? So feeling angry, I think about three sort of stool, legs of that stool. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and one of them is that cognitive piece we've been talking about, the thoughts we have when we're angry. 
The other is something that I think Dr. Bushman talked a little bit about, and that's the physiological piece, right? Yeah. So like the, the increased heart rate, all that. And, and Jason Cowell talked about that too, right? Yep, absolutely. And, and there's two things that I think were really interesting about what Bushman had to say. And one of them is that this idea that if you just wait, right, that anger mm-hmm. dissipates on its own. Like you can just go into another room and, and some of that will wear off, right, if you just try and. That was my favorite part. Yeah of the interview because it, it felt that it had applications well beyond this, yep. <laughs> right? Yes. That as time seems to shrink ever. Right. So, yeah. I mean, I, I, yeah, he's right. Mm-hmm. And, and that's, I think really important for, because, you know, it's one of the way, so we, we think about differences between like emotions and what we call drives, right? Mm-hmm. Drives are like, you know, I compared it to hunger and thirst earlier. Those are drives as psychologists call them. And one of the d- big differences there is that, emotions dissipate over time, whereas those drives get worse, right? If I'm hungry and I don't eat, it's not like my hunger just goes away right. and I get hungrier. But emotions tend to dissipate as we get further and further away from the thing that provoked them. So um, listeners working on that email right now, just wait until tomorrow. <laughs> let's let's try it out. <laughs> right. Oh, it's, it's one of the pieces. I, I had a professor once when I was in uh, undergrad who always said, I insist that you wait 24 hours before you respond to me about a grade. Um, And that was it. And she basically said, I want to hear your comments. I just want you to take some time to formulate your thoughts and contact me. Right now, I've never done that, Mm -hmm. but I get the rationale for it. You always contact your teachers right away. I do. Yes. I always, immediately, (laughs) upon getting my grade. Excuse me? Sometimes before the grade is even posted, I'll just ship them an email telling them I think it's unfair. Um, Mm -hmm. So... But I think there's some uh, there. I get the rationale for saying hold off before you respond. Yeah, sure. In like in the job that I work mm-hmm. now, I I can locate an email that has gone out, a message that has gone out about something, and I can predict to the second when my first responses will come in. Right. Usually under sixty seconds. Right. So. And you're talking about your you're a chef at uh, Lake of Larry's, <laughs> right? Exactly. <laughs> That's it. the new job you're referring to. <laughs> it is totally <laughs> wing it. wing chef. Like who orders? <laughs> these kind of wings. <laughs> Pineapples don't go on wings. Yes. Um, so, uh, but he also points to the fact that you can actively try to relax. You know, that it, it, is, it doesn't just have to be waiting. It can mm-hmm. also be the deep breathing, the visualization exercises, and, the, and some of that. The is lazy river. The lazy river. Yeah. Yep. I go to Chandra Lodge, and I float the lazy river. <laughs> I have a year-long membership. I mean, well, it's, it's nice that at least we have activities for active relaxation. <laughs> right. But then we also, in this, um, he, he talks about a little bit, but there are behaviors we can engage in when we are, uh, when we are angry. And, you know, the... Fists with your toes. Fists with your mm-hmm. toes, right. Um, what was just a plot device to get someone barefoot throughout the movie ends yep. up being very valuable 35 years later. So. I, I think so. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So, uh, and Deep by the breaths. way, that I was... Mean, to be clear, that was not a dig. I'm worried now about the Reddit people. That was not a dig at Die Hard. It's literally one of my favorite yeah, movies. It, it, <laughs> mine too. Right. But there are infinite ways that we can uh, express our anger. You know, that, that there are infinite things we can do. And I'm going to point to some more questionnaires quick, if I may. Uh, yeah. One, so we, for a long time, we We're going to need to prepare people for how to, like, carry around their reference materials yes, exactly <laughs> that is maybe we need an app we, yeah. uh, we need an app here we yeah. go we're monetizing like yeah. a mofo today I like the sound of that yeah 
but that we can so there used to be this question and there's still this questionnaire it's called the state trait anger expression inventory it was written by a guy named spielberger and spielberger he, yes god there's so many burgers in this community yeah. <laughs> yes. wow there are a lot the state trait is anger that what expression inventory yeah is there a acronym for that staxi Really? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Okay. We're actually on the Staxi 2. I'm getting that tattooed on my face. <laughs> Just on your back. <laughs> so yeah. I can look in the mirror. I'm going to get it reversed. That's so smart. When I'm mad, I look at That's myself smart. and remember. Well, you might not because it, it's a good questionnaire, but it's actually not as valuable as some that have come along since then because it, it really lumps anger into, like, these three categories. It's like there's anger out, anger in, and then anger control. You know, like this idea that it's like you can either yell and scream or you can suppress it, that's in, mm-hmm. or you can like take deep breaths and right. do some of that stuff. For those at home, that's oik, O-I-C. Go ahead. <laughs> nice. So we do have uh, uh, an even better questionnaire, I think, that's been developed since then called the BARK. The B- BARK? B-A-R-Q. Oh, wow. The Behavioral Anger Response Questionnaire. Mm-hmm. And it actually takes a lot of those categories and breaks them up a little bit into things that are a little more meaningful. And so it does have, uh, so it's got uh, like a direct anger out, which is your yelling and screaming. It's got your uh, avoidance, which is more like anger suppression, although a little bit different. Mm -hmm. But it also has things like social support seeking, right? So I'm guessing you and a lot of our listeners, sometimes when you're mad, you go talk to a friend, right? You go like talk to a person. Uh, or you scream into the void on Facebook, yes, right? Yes, exactly. And wait for people to respond and give you smiley faces and floating hearts or whatever it does. Floating doesn't. hearts. Is that, is that a thing? <laughs> I'm sure it is. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. but I yeah. thought that I once saw hearts floating up a screen. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Am I right about yeah, that? Okay, probably. whatever. Yep. There's also like assertion we talked about, like mm-hmm. the idea that you go and deal with this in a polite yeah. uh, way. Can you ever just say, you know what, I'm going to move on? Yeah. Yeah. Just like, you know what? Ah, I hate to say this. You know what that sounds like. Acceptance. Acceptance. Oh, man. <laughs> I can't stand that. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. The other, though, is um, that Acceptance, I really like. Acceptance, move on. Go ahead. That I like, uh, especially given what you said before about your poetry, is yeah. diffusion. The f- idea of channeling that anger into some art form, like mm-hmm. playing the guitar, yeah. writing poetry. Listening to music, journaling. It's part of the reason I bought my daughter drums. Oh, yeah. You know, she'd have something to bang on. Yeah, that's and nice. Yeah, not that she was angry, but just the f- expression of yeah. it, the energy that goes into it, mm-hmm. the f- physicality of it. Yeah. I mean, and that's a, a way of dealing with, uh, like, when I think about what I is sort of a thing that is a behavior that is sort of lacking in my life, it's that sort of kind of creative mm-hmm. expression where I could work through emotions, not just anger, but any emotion in that kind of space, right? Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not someone who writes poetry or writes music or anything like that. My suggestion to anyone, though, would be don't try something that's hard yes. or that you're not really good at yes. because it makes it worse. Yes, okay? it's frustrating. <laughs> yes. Right? I, every time I get mad, I try and dunk a basketball. Right. Trust I, me on this. I know. I am <laughs> perpetually disappointed. Right. I do. I play chess when I'm really mad. <laughs> that's smart. Because <laughs> it's so not complicated. Right. Yeah. But he also, Dr. Bushman talked a little bit about like doing something incompatible with anger, hmm. you know? And so he talked about, I think he used the example of like 
petting a dog. I think a, so. Yeah. yeah, I remember that. Um, or I think he, he said petting a puppy. Petting a puppy. So because it created dog. empathy. He said yes. that it was connected to empathy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think that's interesting. This is actually something I talked to my my kids about, that sometimes when you're feeling sad, so not specifically anger, but when you're feeling sad, one of the best ways to deal with it is to do something nice for someone else. You know, that like yeah. we oftentimes feel better about ourselves and about the world when we've done something nice for someone, you know, and whether it's giving them a compliment or, or holding the door open for someone or donating to a cause or mm-hmm. volunteering or whatever, that that helps create empathy, that that helps people feel better. And it's kind of incompatible with that angry state. And the world is literally a better place right. as a result. Right. Yes, you have also made a difference and if we replaced rage rooms with puppy rooms like there's just no scenario where you unleash puppies in a room and i'm not happier right immediately i agree right yeah i mean there's probably i could probably come up with a couple scenarios where that would make things worse for you but i'm yeah, not gonna... like they all had rabies <laughs> yes like yeah. all of them had rabies or they're all like uh disfigured in some way yeah it's such puppiest thinking though right what yeah. about the cat what about the kittens yeah i <sighs> So I am not allergic, but my wife is, and I think that's a recipe for killing her. Yeah, <laughs> I think releasing all of those cats <laughs> into a room with her might Tune act. Tune in next week for <laughs> death by cuteness. Yeah. But uh, so, yeah. So what What else? Anything up as we finish up this series? What, what do you think are sort of the take-homes from these six episodes? That it's not impossible. That this thing that – because anger can be dangerous and get out of control – but this feels like one of the things that is actually attainable in terms of management, that the strategies are not super complicated and involve getting up at this time every day and going to this other place every day right. and burning this many calories for, <laughs> for this long, that it's manageable mm-hmm. and and worth it. Well, and unlike we've used the diet slash weight loss metaphor yeah. a few times, unlike that, so much of the or, – or maybe – not totally unlike that, but but a little. One different. involves math, and the other doesn't yes. really involve math yes. so much. So one, it's also I. You have to be intentional about it, but you don't necessarily have to like spend an hour of your like. Th- these are right. strategies you can integrate into your life. You don't right? need to purchase accessories. Yep. Other than the wristband and app or something. Other than that, right. <laughs> We're coming up with a Fitbit for anger. Right, other than the I'm sorry sign. It's called something that I can't say on the air, but whatever. <laughs> but no, it, it is something that you should be able to practice in your mm-hmm. everyday life and integrate into your everyday life. Yeah, and, a practice. Yeah. A praxis. For me, I think the episode, because I'm not... I'm not a brain guy the way Jason Me is a brain neither. Guy. But was he talking about the medulla oblongata or something I, else? I, amygdaloids. Same he thing. Said a couple okay. Times. Yep. Yeah. Which so. Are those the same thing? Probably. Amygd- no. No, they're totally as different. As the medulla oblongata. <laughs> yeah. That's actually a Waterboy reference. Oh, is it? Okay. <laughs> so, um, the prefrontal cortex. cortex was, yeah. Did I get that right? Okay. That was in there. Nice. That's that point right here. What right about here. the post? frontal cortex is there such a thing um, is that just the rest of your brain i think it probably okay be. good yeah. sure i'm uh, somewhat brain people are listening and they're mad i know the brain <laughs> yeah. subreddit is going bonkers I right do now i also want to be clear that i know the medulla oblongata is not just a water boy reference okay <laughs> it's good just that we were talking about adam sandler off air earlier and so i needed people to know that that's why my mind good. went there all of the nazis on reddit who also <laughs> study the brain are really <laughs> upset right now yeah Sorry, I but, know that there's more than Nazis on Reddit. Yeah, I'm sure there are. Yeah. Yeah. 
There's you know, I think Obama was the first like major public figure to do one of those Reddit like response really? things, like sort oh. of a Q and A where you're on Reddit for a certain amount of time and yeah. That's how I first heard of Reddit. Interesting. Yeah, it was cool. Yeah, I didn't know that. I'm trying to be nice now. Yeah, good. good. That's how I just, I controlled my anger. I redirected to something positive. There you go. And it was a positive nice. memory and, yes. yeah. Good work. All right. Yeah, we're already learning things. This is great. So Praxis. I will, uh, no, so I'll say though, back to the, the Jason Brain episode. The Jason Brain. Yeah. I liked, uh, you know, because that is the question I, I so often have. Is this like, so is this impossible? Am I, I mean, it goes back to what we said. Am mm-hmm. I a different person when I am enraged, right? Yeah. When I have lost control. And it sounds like I'm not, but there is a different mm-hmm. side of me showing that we need to sort of walk back. And I think that's important for people to hear, like, is that we can get ourselves out of those moments by yeah. being intentional and thoughtful about it. And you can think about that linguistically too, that, because when we talk about, am I a different person or is there a different quote unquote side of me? That's really a metaphor. Right. I mean, it's a spatial metaphor. <laughs> right. So just recognize that and say there aren't sides. It's just, mm-hmm. it's me. Right. So as we finish up, I'm going to ask you, where can people find you other than that Legend Larry's? <laughs> other than making wings at Legend Larry's? <laughs> yeah. um, you can find me on Twitter at Chuck Ryback, R-Y-B-A-K. No nice. C in my last name. And that's really it. You won't find me on Reddit or... Facebook or yeah. towns outside of Green Bay. <laughs> so I uh, I appreciate your stuff on Twitter. There's some uh, good stuff there. I don't know, man. I'm I trying. S- yeah, I I support your uh, your tweets. Thank. Yeah. I'm just trying to make a difference in the world. Yeah. So Twitter's, where can people find you? Uh, two places. They can find me at Rycmart. That's R Y C M A R T. Uh, they can also find uh, well the Facebook All the Rage blog mm-hmm. uh, if you search for that. Good place to learn more about anger as well as other cool stuff. So so that's going to do it for this series on losing control. Like I said, you can learn more about anger on Twitter and Facebook. But until our next episode, keep it cool. All the Rage is produced by Kate Farley out of Phoenix Studios. Our podcast art was created by Kimberly Vleese, and our music was created by V6 Beats. Special thanks once again to Dr. Brad Bushman. And finally, thanks to Haley Falcon, our intern who's finishing up our work with us but is going to keep doing things that are amazing.